Okay, so we're at the bottom of page 83 if you're following along in a book. And if you're not following along in a book, that's okay too. I'll try not to lie to you. So it says at the bottom of the book, it says uh, bottom of the page 83, if we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. What's new mean? Unlike anything I've ever experienced before. Why do I call that to your attention? Well, how many of you got here a little atheist or a little agnostic, maybe not much of a believer, didn't know what was up? And all of a sudden, they got me saying a prayer, saying, relieve me of the bondage of self. And I don't believe in the power of prayer. But by this phase of my development, I've done what they've told me to do. I've armed myself with the facts about myself. I'm starting to pray and meditate consciously. And this new freedom isn't freedom from chemical. It's freedom from me. I'm finally free of me and those limiting thoughts about me. And, and free of my limiting thoughts about you and how we might join together to you know, kind of become this new creation. Yes, any of you have that experience? So I said a prayer I didn't know to whom, and now I'm starting to know to whom, and I'm seeing that prayer works. Make sense? And then it goes on to tell us that, that we'll not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. Why not? Yeah, that's, that's the juice, right? When I get to see how to employ that past to ease suffering for others, all of a sudden... It all makes sense, or it's starting to make sense, depending on where you are in the walk, yeah? Okay, so it says we'll comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. Look at the words they use, comprehend and know. They're not talking about theories there. How does someone comprehend serenity? You'd have to experience it, right? Even in the dictionary, if you look up the word serenity, it says see serene. Because you cannot define a state of being. But to know a state of being defies description, doesn't it? It's not even important for you to describe it to me if you've experienced it, and I've experienced it because we know what we're talking about, yeah? Then it says that we're going to know peace. What is it to know peace? Yeah. How many of you have found that you're in less conflict with yourself as you've grown in the spirit? Doubting yourself less and less, yes? Okay. It says that feeling, oh, what did I do now? Okay, no matter how far, how far down the scale we've gone, we'll see how our experience can benefit others. Come on, guys, we're in a, we're in a place, whether we like it or not, where some of us have been down the scale. And all of us are employing it today, every day, that's, that's such a profound state of being to look around you and see how even what you thought was such a tragedy, such a waste, can help uplift a brother or sister, yes? I mean, we live that here, guys, yeah? All right, so, so that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. How many of you have had that experience? They're talking states of being. They come back, don't they? That's why we have maintenance, right? That's why we, we have disciplines. But these things actually come to us. Okay, so we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. 
Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. How many of you are starting to find that? Are you guys that are sitting in groups, are you sharing about some of the things you never thought you'd talk about? What is that but a loss of fear of people? How many of you are not afraid of your future so much anymore? Okay, so the fear of economic insecurity is leaving you. Yes? All right. So we'll intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us, and we'll suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Somebody was on it, right? When I say God, you say power. Power is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves, that power found within us, yes? The last place we look. We're always looking out there to feel better, to do better, to whatever, but the power to do better dwells within us. Yeah? Okay. So it says, are these extravagant promises? Yeah. They, because we talked about this last week, they put that there for a reason. you damn right they're extravagant promises. And we as a class are prone to embellish a bit. So they want to say, look, we know that you know who I am, but I'm telling you, this shit really does happen. Okay. Okay. So it's that they're being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if you work for them. The, the other promise is they will always vaporize if you don't. Because they're states of being. Okay. So if you're not in that state of being, you now know what you're going to do. You're going to start digging in deeper in these prayer and meditation things that we're about to start talking about. All right, so this thought brings us to step 10. What thought? They will always materialize if you work for them. So when they vaporize, it's because you're not in communication with the power within you. You've lost your identity. Remember, they said, we've got to be convinced that self manifested in various ways is what had defeated me. That can't happen when I know really who I am and whose I am, can it? Okay, so it says, that, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. So they're telling me we're going to continue something. If I'm going to continue, I must have started. So when did I start? You agree with Sean? He doesn't have all the answers. You guys, are, you guys are letting Sean dictate the terms of your recovery. And as fond as I am of Sean, I would advise against it. So you're, he's probably right. We probably did learn how to take personal inventory when we did, someone showed us how to do a step four, didn't we? Okay. So then it says that we continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. Again, if they said continue, I must have started. When did I start setting right new mistakes? They taught me how to do that when they taught me how to set right old mistakes. And they're suggesting I do it when? As I go along. That's when I fuck shit up is as I go along. Or am I the only one? Okay, so that takes the mystery out of when do we do inventory constantly as we go along. As I'm cleaning up the past, I want to keep disciplining my thought life and my emotional states, yes? yes. Okay, 
All right, so we vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. Remember the last time they spoke to us of a way of living? They talked about a manner of living. They talked about the people who do not recover, those people who are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Now they're going to break down that said manner of living right to the sentence so that we know what it is I've got to grasp and develop at. Yes? That's kind of cool, right? All right. So now it gives another promise. We have entered the world of the Spirit. Notice how they didn't say, some of us have entered the world of the Spirit. The people that attend this group have entered the world of the Spirit. No, they said, we have entered the world of the Spirit. So this is their testimony. What's it like to have entered the world of the Spirit? How many of you know what we're talking about when we say a new freedom, a new happiness? Not regret the past, not wishing to shut the door on it. Okay. So when you know all those things, these things are happening to you too, just like they recorded. Okay. So... Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. So understanding of what, effectiveness at what? Sean's right. You're right, Robert. Right? How many of you have grown in understanding of yourself as, as having some kind of an illness, maybe some erratic behavior, but to some extent, the illness probably propelled some of the erratic behavior? And that there's a, there's a good deal of good in you and a desire to do better in you, yeah? How many of you, when you had people help you selflessly, realized that, came to understand there are people who will just help you without any expectation of, that's a weird deal, ain't it? Where's my people that just got here? Are we still weird to you? How many of you have been here long enough to know why I asked that question? When you first get here, it's weird, right? Welcome home! We mean it, man. We mean it. All right. So, I'm not going to go any deeper into that. They're going to talk to us next week in what we get growing effectiveness of, so we'll leave that there. But our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. So there was an encounter with power, and then there's a sanctification process that's going to happen to you, through you, depending on how disciplined you are in your spiritual disciplines and your willingness to serve. Does that make sense? How many of you have noticed that some people that are willing to serve more seem to grow more? No. Okay. So, it says to continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Uh-oh, I just lost my sticker. Now I'm going to have to use my Jesus card. <laughs> it's not an accident. Um, okay. So if I'm going to continue to watch for those things, when did I start? Sean, Sean's coming at us again. Any of you agree? I, take, I, I differ from Sean a little. Step four taught me what I was seeing, but I was pretty good at watching for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear in you all my life. 
What I didn't know is what I was seeing was my thoughts and not necessarily your intent. So now they, there's another book that cautions us, you know, how do you see the speck in your brother's eye when you can't see the plank in your own eye? Better you should remove the plank from your eye so you can better see to help your brother. And, and the, not to go biblical on you, but what they were talking about 2,000 years ago was that I have a plank in my eye called perspective, and it's limited, and I need a greater perspective because insanity of addiction is an appalling lack of perspective. Yes? Okay. So I got to get you back to when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We ask power at once to remove them. Very good. Okay, so it didn't say if, it said when these crop up. So what am I asking God to remove? God's going to remove my thoughts if I'll follow the rest of the... And then I'll be able to see clearly. Because I can see clearly how to help you if I'm not judging you. Because I'm uniquely qualified to help people like you because I are a people like you. Yeah? Like, we may baffle others, but we don't fool ourselves, do we? So we know what we're seeing. Okay. So it says we ask God at once to remove them. We ask, we discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. So they just told you what the principles are you're going to practice in all your affairs. And it's not the long list that Bill wrote later, 15 years later, in the 12 and 12, regardless of how many times people tell you that's true. It's not true because it was written 15 years later. By the collective consciousness of the first 100. So the principles we're talking about practicing in all our affairs are watch, ask, discuss, turn. Does that make sense? It's a little simpler than memorizing a list anyway, when we're a little self-absorbed and our minds are moving a little quicker than we're used to. Yes? Except for my tweakers. Your minds are moving quick. Not that anything is constructive in it, but... There's absolutely nothing slower in the world than a tweaker in a hurry. Come on, let's get real. So, so they got some more promises for us. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time, sanity will have returned. So now at this level of consciousness, I no longer suffer from an appalling lack of perspective. I no longer suffer from the inability to think clearly. I have the ability now to think, to reason, to move consciously into the next moment because I have awakened sufficiently to the power within me to recognize the moment for what it is. Yes? Now that's a promise. Again, they'll vaporize if you don't work for them, but these are what we're trying to get ourselves moved into, these states of being. Says we'll seldom be interested in liquor, and if tempted, we'll recoil from it as from a hot flame. So, if those two conditions are true, what's the likelihood you can use? Very low. Probably can't. You're not tempted, but if tempted, you'll recoil as from a hot flame. Have you guys noticed the temperatures went up outside? 
Have you touched anything like dark and metallic? Did anyone have to say you better not touch that, it's hot? Did you kind of recoil? This isn't theories, this is their experience. Even when tempted, I'll recoil as from a hot flame. Does it make sense? If tempted, we recoil as from a hot flame, we react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. How many of you were not always described as one who reacted sanely and normally? <laughs> I should see a lot more hands, but thank you for those of you that were. Um, I was not described that way either. I am truly a peer. Sean here has seen the letter from my psychiatrist that said I was mentally and emotionally incapable of doing any personal business for like nine months. He wrote that letter to the motor vehicle. Not a fucking joke. No, it was real. So if you don't believe in miracles, I, I'm happy to swap tails with you. Um, we'll see that that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part, it just comes. What is our new attitude toward liquor, toward fentanyl, towards cocaine, towards methamphetamine? It's just none of my business, right? Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, I wish people wouldn't use those things, but I ain't mad at you if you do, and I ain't mad at the drug for what it did to me because it actually did exactly what I expected it to do. Well, I, it kept me fucked up until I couldn't get any more fucked up, and then <laughs> when I tried to get off that train, it was harder than I thought. <laughs> that was all. Wasn't that the train wasn't running. <laughs> okay. All right, so... So we're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. The name of this meeting. That's for you scientific minds. If you're having trouble wrestling with this power we call God around here. Yeah. If you're wrestling with that, have you been placed above the laws of this world, placed in a position of neutrality? Are you able to be kinder than you feel like being from time to time? At your core, at your cellular level, you are made up of cells that are based on a world of action-reaction. So to be kinder than you feel like being is being in a position of neutrality. It's being raised above the laws of this world, yes? How many of you didn't always possess the ability to not just go right off? Look at who I'm talking to. Okay, it says we've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. So what's the problem they're speaking of? Yeah, so, so Sean's identifying selfishness, self-centeredness. If you go back far enough in your inventory, you're going to identify that it's all driven by fear, right? Fear, self-seeking, self-delusion, self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past we've made decisions based on self which later placed us in a position to be hurt. Remember when they talked to us about that all the way back in step three? So 
I had this fear problem that was causing a self to manifest, and I was trying to be something I thought you would like or something you would fear, and ultimately you weren't afraid or you didn't like them, and now I wasn't authentic, so I didn't like me. And I did kind of fear me, but that made for more drinking. Anyone relate? So that problem has been removed as I've awakened to who I am and whose I am. That fear problem that causes the self to manifest. Does that happen for you? Isn't that cool that it really does make sense? What these guys wrote down was their experience, not something mystical. It's a normal human experience. If you'll do these things and you'll focus on what you're supposed to focus on, things will just get better. And even when they're not good, they won't be as bad as you once thought the same situation was. Okay. So it... It says the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We're neither cocky nor are we afraid. So they've clearly identified it as a fear problem now, haven't they? I'm not in fight or flight. I'm right here, present right now. We're ready to, we're ready to serve. All right? That's our experience. They're so emphatic to tell you this is our experience. It's not our opinion. It's not our observation. This is our experience. They told you who they were. They told you that back in the five and six instructions, they told you that they'd spent thousands of dollars for medical opinions. They'd lied to get those opinions and then ignored the results of those opinions. What does that tell you about us as a class? We don't give a fuck about opinions. <laughs> but I am interested in people's experience, especially when I'm having a difficult one. Does that make sense? Okay. All right, so that is our experience. That's how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. So there's a condition to the promise, all those promises. That's how I would react. How would I know if I was in fit spiritual condition? Interestingly enough, they wrote a book, which is why we go through it over and over again. It's their experience. So if I'm fighting anything or anyone, I'm not in fit spiritual condition. I know that sounds ridiculous to people who aren't growing in the spirit, but why am I fighting with illusions anyway? They told me in three that I would lose my fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. I'd be reborn. If I'm reborn, what had to happen? I had to die, so what the hell do I care your opinion of me and my death? Does that make sense? That doesn't mean it's easy. It means there's a simple resuscitation, and it's through prayer and meditation, which is what they're talking to us about. All right. So then it goes on to tell us it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. How many of you would have to agree that's true? We've proven the point, haven't we? What happens when we rest on our laurels? We might twist off. We may behave. You remember, alcohol, drugs, that's just a symptom of an underlying malady. How many of you stayed stone cold sober and were just stark raving? Like people were wishing you'd find a pipe or something, right? So it says we're headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. So we're not trying to make light of it, but let's, I mean, if we've been redeemed, then, then let the redeemed say so. And, and let's help people that are still in the struggle, or still in the bondage, and tell them, look, you don't have to stay in the bondage. 
Okay, so we're not cured of alcoholism. Why? Yeah, they don't. They never tried to cure it, right? All they said is just don't drink. Now that's not a solution to someone who doesn't know any other way, right? But what they told me is that if I did these things after my encounter, that encounter could be improved upon and that encounter presented itself as power, peace, happiness, a sense of direction flowing into me. So they're not suggesting I sit abstinent for the next 20 years. They're telling me, meet the spirit, improve your consciousness of the spirit, and you will be spiritually inebriated as you walk in the world. Change your dependence, not the fact that you are dependent. Does that make sense? Okay, so we're not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So they're back to the spiritual condition. Why do we always tell you it's not a workbook exercise? It's a manner of living. Because you could get deceived thinking you're going to be one and done, and you were never one and done with anything you were dependent on. So you're never one and done with this manner of living. You're just constantly monitoring your spiritual awakened state. Yes? The goal of 12-step recovery is not abstinence. That may be what we celebrate in the fellowships, but that is not the goal. Or they would have said having achieved abstinence as the result of these steps. That's not what they said, did they? No, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, so I want to wake up and stay that way so that I can serve. Yes? Okay. So then it goes on to tell us every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. Power. The vision of God's will into all of our activities. How many of you coming from the atheist or agnostic persuasion think that seems the vision of God's will? Well, they've given us some clues. They're asking us to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, and ask those to be removed. So whatever God's will is, it's probably going to be unselfish and honest and unafraid. Does that make sense? So it's not even that big a mystery. I'm going to know it by the way I feel in the moment. I had a guy tell me once upon a time, and he'd take me through the steps that morning, and then told me I needed to talk to him about where I was going to go from there, and this is all in one day, and I'd been a train wreck for a long time. And I said, well, I'm, I'm still not very comfortable. And he told me, if you are not comfortable, you are not safe. So he said, what are you ready to do now? And so the same day I did my inventory and did my fifth step and did all that with him, I started prosecuting my amends because I didn't feel safe. And I stayed doing that and serving others until I felt safe. Does that make sense? Okay. So we carry the vision of God's will into which activities? All. All. Well, that sounds like a tall order, doesn't it? What are you going to carry into all your activities if you don't carry the vision of God's will? Yeah, really, we talk about self-will as if it's a thing. But that's the most ridiculous thing. There's, there's God's will, which has no opposite, and there's my disagreement with it. So let's call it what it is. Because I think I can improve upon it. Or avoid it somehow. 
All right. So they tell you how they carry the vision of God's will into all their activities. They say, how can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. They put the not mine in parentheses for a reason, because by the time I'm really awakened, I'm getting close here, but I still believe in a will apart from God's at this point, which means I'm not quite there. And I'll show you by the end of the experience, the not mine will be gone. Now I'm just asking for power to carry it out. Because sometimes what God shows me is a little loony. You guys get what I'm saying? Come on, all you guys know what we do here. Before this was ever done before, we had to go out and tell people, we got this idea. God told me, if I would just get Denise to write four or 5,000 letters, we could, we could build a place and we could bring people straight from prison to here. Smack in the middle of town. The bigger, the better. And when we went to pitch it, COVID had just hit. So everyone was telling us how the world was coming to an end, and guess what happened during COVID? New freedom opened. <laughs> Denise and her team now write 5,200 letters every day. <laughs> Heading to 10,000. So sometimes, sometimes God shows you some stuff that Seems a little loony. I guarantee you, if you're here, God's got something loony for you. Because <laughs> we expect you to carry on in this mission. How can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. They're pretty emphatic about that, aren't they? God's will, God's will, God's will. Yep, right? Constantly. Why? How many of you have learned that your attack thoughts are fairly constant? Any of you walking through wherever you went today think somebody else caused the way you were thinking or feeling? Because you fell asleep if that happened. They can't. If you know who you are and whose you are, they don't have the power to do that, right? Your thoughts did that. Okay. All right, so these are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It's the proper use of the will. Did you know there was a proper use of the will? Sure, aligned with God's, which is why I need a power greater than me. Because sometimes the things i got to do are a little uncomfortable or a little difficult or seem completely nuts. Any of you have ever been asked to do something in the spirit that seemed completely nuts? Everyone in here that said they go help people has been asked to do something completely nuts. Because you're going out into the streets to pick up someone with a fatal illness and then demonstrate to them the healing power of God right where they are. And yet, we do it, and they get up, they pick up their mats, and they walk. Yes? God hid his treasures where he was sure no one would look, and a lot of them were hidden in prisons. Know that. 
Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. How much? All. How many of you thought you were really brilliant, came up with a brilliant idea? <laughs> so what, 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 the, what the authors of this book realized eventually is I didn't come up with it, it came to me. And there are no original thoughts. So those of you suffering from, I did something that can never be forgiven, then there's only one question. Does it have a name? Yes. If it has a name, you didn't invent it. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So if we have carefully followed directions, we've begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. So see how they're talking clearly about a tangible sensory experience. If we have followed directions, we've begun to sense the flow. Some of you have felt it here tonight, and I didn't pause to ask. Who has felt a flow? Sometimes I catch you when it's really powerful. We're running at a little bit higher amps in here. That flow is tangible. That is, that is power, peace, happiness, sense of direction flowing into you. And that can be improved upon so that you're a better servant. And let me tell you a little secret about being a servant in this army. When you serve him, men follow you. So it says, to some extent, we become God conscious. So what is God consciousness? Sense the flow of his spirit in us, aware that I'm aware that although this is flowing through me, it is not of me. Does that make sense? So now we're not talking theologies or religions. We're talking about tangible relationships with power within us. Yes? That state of being. Very good. So then it says we've begun to develop this vital sixth sense. You know, when they talk about vital, it's not usually something you can do without. When they talk about a vital organ, it's not something you can take or leave, right? So it seems kind of important. So this vital sixth sense. How many of you, if you've grown in the spirit, have a new way of seeing, hearing? Pretty much everything, right? Like it informs the other senses when you know in the spirit what's up, Yes? Pretty handy little trick to know. All right. So, but we must go further, and that means more action. So we're not there yet. We're getting close. We're starting to see the promise come true in us and through us and probably for others. And now I'm, I'm seeking more of an awakened state more of the time. Right? So I'm going to have to do more than just foxhole prayers I'm going to have to start listening for answers and then walking into my instruction. Does that make sense? Any of you know what I'm talking about? Just saying foxhole prayers and then duck and cover. <laughs> okay, at some point we've got to get on our feet. We've got to say a prayer. We've got to wait for an answer and then move in the instruction. Make sense? Okay, so step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. So what works? Prayer, prayer works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. They want to set my attitude right because before I'm going to receive any meditation, any instruction, I've got to have the right attitude. What's the right attitude? Love and tolerance, Love and tolerance is a good answer. They talked to us about it in the first step. 
honestly want to and willing to make the effort. Right? I, I honestly want the answer and I'm willing to make the effort to move in the direction you give me. Even though it may not be exactly where I was hoping you were going to direct me. Right? Okay? All right. So it would be easy to be vague about this matter, but yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. So would you like to get some definite and valuable suggestions? How many of you have been confused about this whole meditation thing? And so you've gone to meditation meetings and somebody beat a gong and (laughs) you're like, how the fuck's that going to help me before I rip someone's throat out? I can get all chill over there at the meeting and then just go out and kill somebody in traffic. So I, I got to poke fun at that. Yeah, I just did. Fuck that. I'm poking fun at him. <laughs> this is a conscious walk. It was never about, you want to meditate, go meditate. But that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about as I go along, when I get attacked in the spirit and my mind and my thoughts start darting to condemn you or me, I need to get disciplined in my thinking. Does that make sense? And so they're going to talk to us about this with definite and valuable suggestions. So we better pay attention closely. Shh. When we retire at night, we constructively review our day. How many of you would have to admit that in itself is a changed behavior? How many? Constructively reviewing your day or retiring at night? Where's my tweakers? <laughs> or a combination of the two. My cocaine addicts, too. You Some bitches don't lay down. Okay. The idea is not to destructively review our day. How many of you can relate to destructively reviewing your day or somebody else's? That's not helpful. Okay. So they're going to ask us some questions that they ask themselves. Were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Same things they had me doing. But now I've done an inventory. I know what those look like, how I'm thinking, how I'm acting when I'm experiencing those things. Yes? Do we owe an apology? How many of you got the answer? Yes, you owe an apology, and you're like, fuck him. (laughs) So we're growing, yeah? At least I'm acknowledging he's owed one. We ain't decided on the delivery date yet. It's a matter of how much do I want to grow in the spirit, right? I'm just trying to get you where you are because this is applicable right away. This isn't something you do after many digits on your chip. If you want to survive and you're anything like me, you better do it in your first 30 days because you probably won't make it longer than that. Anything like me. I don't last that long. Abstinence is not a thing for me. So, Have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? So that may be the time if you have a sponsor that you called them every night and just went through your daily thing. How many of you guys are working with people and and have them call you when they get to this point? 30 days or so? That's what I tell them. Call me for 30 days. You'll either continue to do it because you'll see the benefit or you'll never make 30 days. That doesn't mean they won't make 30 days in the recovery. They won't make 30 days of calling me. But guess what I know? If I got enough of them calling me, I'm going to do my review. Because these people that we help, they drive us through our disciplines. How many of you went and made amends after somebody you were working with went and made a self-surrender or something? And you felt a little silly, right? 
yeah, it's important to work with people because they inspire us to do more, be more. Yeah? All right. So it says, were we, were we kind and loving toward all? What could we have done better? So we're not going to stick in what I did wrong. We're going to get, I'm going to find out that within me I do know a better way, even if I wasn't empowered to act in a better way. Because I do know where the power's found now. Yeah, how many of you have acted less than you know you could? And you realize you can't change that, but you now have a manner of living that went wrong. We promptly admit it. Yes? We don't carry that burden. Yes, if we learned, we... Okay. All right, so what could we have done better where we think of ourselves most of the time? So these questions are getting me introspective. Why am I stumbling? Well, I'm thinking too much of me. My life depends on my constant thought of you and how to meet your needs, and in meeting your needs, my needs are met because I cannot transmit anything I don't have. Does it make sense? So, or were we thinking of what we could do for others of what we could pack into the stream of life? So have you noticed that when you're thinking of others, time tends to go pretty quick and everything seems to be streaming along, and then when you get stuck somewhere... Time seems to drag out. You can get into self-pity and remorse. Any of you ever have that going on? Anger? Any of you got a spirit of grievance that just plagues you from time to time? Got to serve, you got to serve, you got to serve. That spirit of grievance will kill you and everyone you encounter. Right? Can't, we can't hold on to it. Okay. So, but we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. You can always go find someone to serve to get out of self. Don't go unburden yourself on others. That's garbage advice. Go find out how you can unburden them and see your burdens flee. After making our review, we ask God's forgiveness. We're really weak tonight, aren't we? Should we try that again? After making our review, we ask... Powers, forgiveness, and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. If I'm going to ask very often, I'm going to have an expectation of an answer, aren't I? That's pretty changed behavior from the guy who didn't know what you were talking about when I started in step one. Because I'm starting to awaken to the spirit within me. The spirit's telling me his name. I know what's up as I grow in this. Yes? Okay. So I now know, because I can ask as I go along what corrective measures can be taken, that I will receive those answers. I may not have the power to carry them out, but I'll get the answers. Does it make sense? All right, so on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. That's a good point. How many of you have done that? Didn't even get out of bed, because not even six weeks, two weeks, a week. How many of you missed something one day, and so the next day you got up and go, I'll never get through this. I got all yesterday's plus today. Fuck that. I'm staying in bed. (laughs) We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking. It's so important that you know, even if we don't hit it on cue every time, that we're asking for power to direct our thinking. I'm going to need it redirected many times each day. Yes? Okay. 
especially asking them to be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. How many of you have found that you find yourself in selfish, dishonest, or self-seeking motives and aren't even aware that's where you are until you're in conflict? Yeah, that's true. Have you ever woke up and just hated your company and you lived alone? That's when you know their main problem does center in the mind. Okay. So if I ask God to, re, to make sure my thinking is divorced of these things, it says under these conditions we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. So that's a, a promise. You know, in the old halls, you saw the signs you still do in some today. Think, think, think. And yet you'll have people tell you, don't think. Now, we want you to wake up first. But you can't move into a conscious relationship without moving into it consciously. So we want you to examine this case we lay out before you with your logical senses and move into this power experience consciously. It's the only way it will work for you. It's not going to trick you. I'm going to call your attention to the, but my friend Harry came to my office one time. We had a power experience, didn't we, Harry? He, he know, Harry knows that I'm not talking theories, am I? We lit him the fuck up, didn't we, Harry? And I mean hot. Any of you ever felt the fire of the Holy Spirit? Ask Harry about it. In case he thought we were just talking about doorknob or light bulb. We don't talk about that kind of shit around here. We, we got... We got real stuff around here. We don't, we don't deal in synthetics. <laughs> so, says our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. So you want your thought life on a higher plane, guys, because we live out our whole life in our thought life. That's why people like me think, man, you guys have aged. Because I don't think I'm old. I think the rest of y'all are old. Anyway. So, it's true, Sean, you are old. And, and Paul, before they invented dirt. Oh. So, all right. So, it says, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. That ever happened to you? We may not be able to determine which course to take. That ever happened to you? Remember, they're going to give us simple instructions of what they do. Okay. Here, we ask God, very good, for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. So they not only tell you what they did, they told you very subtly what they experienced as a result. Why it's so important to know this isn't going to a meeting and thinking about a pond or beating on a gong. This is about as I go along, God inspire me and it'll come to me as an intuitive thought or a decision. I'll find myself acting in it before I realized that that's what I'm doing. Anyone know what I'm talking about? So it says that we relax and take it easy. Why? We do struggle, but sometimes, to Sean's point, it's better if we don't struggle, right? We're, we're not, it's coming to us exactly as it's supposed to come to us. 
And oftentimes my struggle blocks my consciousness of it. Okay, so we don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we've tried this for a while. So how many of you are often surprised how the right answers come when you don't struggle and you just, just earnestly ask? Okay. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Claim that promise. That's a promise. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration, that stroke of genius I thought I had, was really thoughts coming to me anyway from a place beyond time. And when I quit struggling with it and just received it and walked into it, guess what? New freedom in the middle of COVID. You know, the neighborhood groups were not that excited about us putting 400 recently released individuals in their community. And we needed seven variances for the zoning. And we had to go to a hearing for zoning variances. Guess what happened? No one showed up. Power. Got all seven variances. By the time the neighbors found out who we were, we were neighbors. Yeah. So, being still an experience and having just made conscious contact with God. Oh, that was weak. Having just made conscious contact with. That's good. That's good. It's not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times. Now, they want to warn us of that because we are people who like to be inspired at all times, yes? And so there's a reason for the promise, and there's a reason for the condition. And the reason for the promise is not for when I am experiencing power, but when I'm not, knowing the power is still there, I'm just not experiencing it as tangibly right now because I don't have a need or whatever. Does it make sense? Okay. So... We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Or, how many of you had to go to dinner with somebody and you've been looking forward to going out and having a nice time and the phone rang and it's old Bobby or Lance. Hey man, I'm down the slope. I'm under a bush. I think I'm ready for detox. I don't have a cell phone anymore. Can you come get me out from under a bush? Well, see, I was sure looking forward to dinner with you, but you see Lance is down in the slope under a bush. How many of you have gotten that call? How many of you know what we do? We leave the dinner and we go get Lance from under the bush because we've all been under a bush. Right? All right. <laughs> Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. So we start to lean on the inspiration rather than on our body of knowledge. And it frees us of the limiting thoughts. Does it make sense? Okay. Yes. So we usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be. 
that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially from freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. Any of you that are new to the process and don't know what that means, you can ask for anything you want, it's all yours anyway. But if you're asking for it selfishly and it's gonna get in the way of your growth, you're probably not gonna get it. And the reality of the situation is what we first get here wanting is we want all our difficulties removed and our difficulties are what are gonna prepare us to be the soldiers we're gonna become. So they're not gonna remove the difficulties because they're gonna prepare you by preparing your testimony as an overcomer. Does it make sense? Okay. All right, so we're careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. And now that I've explained to you, you can, right? If I'd have got all my court fines and my driver's license problems and all the other issues removed, and rather than getting the power to walk through them, I would have still not had self-esteem. I'd have still had guilt, shame, remorse. I'd have still carried all that baggage that went away when I was empowered to go clean up my own shit. Yeah? Okay. All right, so if circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we've been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. Notice they said where, not that. There's people in churches that are not as loving as the person we're talking about. And, and so what we don't want to do is hold them. I don't want to surrender my recovery to that, but I want to understand that I need to make use of what they offer. They offer confirmation of my experience, right? Okay. So as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves that we're no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. Did I just tell you that that not mine would go away? Because I no longer live in the delusion that there's a will apart from God's. There's just what God wills and then what my part is in it. And the reason I need to retain my will is sometimes what God wills for me requires my push too. Does that make sense? Okay. So we are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions we become much more efficient. How many of you, as you got into recovery, were able to get to your job, get to your classes, get to your, and you couldn't do those things before, right? We do not tire so easily for we're not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works, it really does. We alcoholics are undisciplined, so we let God discipline us in the simple way we've just outlined. So what did we just outline? Pray, meditate, pray, pause when agitated or doubtful, pray, meditate, pray, right? Walk consciously with your God. All right, next week we'll take a look at step 12. Thanks.